I'm your host, Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. So I don't know when it became December, but damn it, flip the calendar because we're here. TikTok 2022. How many days are left? The inevitable is coming and it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be anything. Today's guest, I want to talk to her, Elaine Mingus. I'll tell you what she is. These are just fancy labels. She could be your girlfriend having coffee with you. All right. So six-figure reseller of vintage furniture. Haven't we all wanted to like, aren't you just like curious about that and As we speak, there is a vintage piece in my car that I haven't even brought in my house yet for to fix up my husband's uh, record player and album collection. You know, you wake up one day and and you don't just get to where you are now. And certainly that's not the only thing that Elaine is. But I did like the fact that she was a roller derby gal. Anybody who knows me, I know we're going to touch that. There's a lot of things. And obviously a speaker, the trail and her journey were definitely some twists and turns. I'm going to guess at that. Oh, did I mention like homeschooling seven, 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 lucky seven kiddos? And she earned her her wings just on that alone. So do you see what I mean? Like, I am so curious as to what is going on. I can't wait to hear. So I, with that, I say welcome, 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 Elaine. And thank you so much for being here. With that introduction, I definitely am totally uh, overwhelmed suddenly at what I need to do, but thank you so much for having me. We're just talking, remember. Everybody thinks it's just me, it's just me. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And then they're going to say, you know, I heard this podcast today and this woman was like similar to where I was, but I don't even know where any of that is yet because we always start with tell us about you anywhere you'd like to start. Yeah. So I am a homeschooling mom of seven kids. I run a successful vintage furniture business in the Austin, Texas area, but it didn't start that way. I Mm -hmm. was a blogger for 10 years. I wrote for a New York Times bestselling author. I had 12 titles on Amazon, had 50,000 followers and completely overwhelmed working 40 hours a week after homeschooling all the kids and um, just totally laid that down so that I could do what I do now. And it's just been an amazing ride to see how it all unfolds with a lot less effort. Well, that sounds like super easy, but something <laughs> tells me it's not. 
at all. Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. No. So I love when there's people that tell stories. Um, I remember specifically sitting in a church one time and they were like, oh, this lady, she prayed for, you know, something like 20 years to have a baby and then praise the Lord. She had a baby. And I'm like, that is awesome. But can we talk about the 20 years? Like that is a lot of pain. And like people glaze over that and you're like, we didn't, we need to talk about how many times did she cry in the shower? How, you know, how many times Mm -hmm. did she cuss at God? Like, I Mm want to know mm -hmm. the dirty details because that's where I'm at right now. And it's so true because we see the result and then it's, you know, wow, that's for some, the truth is important. Like, okay, so it's doable. It's not just a, a dream, but I know you have like a riches to rags to riches in there, but so many of us are working. Maybe we're doing the 40 hours plus everything else that we do at home, happily slash unfulfilled. We know that this is the world and time of side hustle. Thanks, TikTok. I'm a sewer and I have never been so happy to fall down that rabbit hole to see all these wonderful people. I thought I was the only sewer left in the world making scrunchies, a sewing machine, the rotary cutter. I'm like, Oh, dear Lord, I'm so, so happy for these little, which started out little, and now they're, you you watch them go from their kitchen table to a littler space, to a warehouse, crazy, crazy stuff. And I absolutely love that. So how does one run a business? You have the same 24 hours. So just give us a little walkthrough on that, please, Elaine. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, I think any woman that has her, you know, you have your first kid and I always call it the front of bag, right? Your first kid is the like, oh, do you see my kid? It's so beautiful. It's Mm -hmm. so wonderful. Like, let's Mm -hmm. admire it. And it's like becomes part of you. It it changes who you are. It, It Your identity becomes mom. And then suddenly you have that second kid, or even if you just like, you have the first kid and then you wait and you only have one and you wait a couple of years. And like, now you're like, okay, wait a second. Like me, what about, there's still me, the person that I was when I wasn't married, the person who I was when I didn't have children. And you just start getting very like, I need something else. People want to tell you like, oh, you should be happy, you know, be happy just being a mom or doing this. Like you should, you know, be grateful. And I'm like, yes, I understand being grateful, but there's, there's always more. We all want this other fulfillment that reaches all the different areas of our life. We Like there's buckets, right? In our life, we have our spiritual life, our mental life, our mom life. Mm-hmm. And, and each bucket needs to be filled and we get upset when a bucket isn't filled. That's kind of where I just started opening up myself to different things. And I actually never really intended to have seven mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. We just were really good at having kids. And, <laughs> so, you know what? And that's the best description that I've heard. You know, those that want that have two and they'll say, oh, let's go for the third. And then, you know, God laughs and gives them the twins on the, you know, it's just what we say and what we wind up with are two different things. We think we have it, you know, let's make a plan, but you're absolutely right with that. So you didn't set out to have seven, but you were, no, you excelled in that, in that department. I okay, excelled in good. that department. Excellent. Um, okay. And we are done now. We will not be having any more. <laughs> But, you know, I, I wanted to be a famous writer walking down the streets of New York. I wanted to be 
a working woman. I didn't expect mm-hmm. to be living in the suburbs of Austin, Texas with a red minivan. Like, why are all minivans red? I don't understand why they can't make any other colors. <laughs> and a white picket fence. And, you know, you just get very lonely. And I don't think people realize that the loneliness that mothers feel has been very cured a little bit by social media because we Mm -hmm. get to do podcasts, write blogs, get on Facebook, interact with people that we wouldn't be able to interact with while we're sitting there nursing a newborn. And so I'm very thankful for the digital age in a lot of ways, but also it can create this feeling Mm -hmm. of like, I'm less than because I'm not doing all the things that everybody else is doing. So huge um, comparison at your fingertips 24 seven. And if you're fortunate enough to have a mother, like I had, my mother had passed while I was pregnant. So I didn't have a constant, you should do it this way. You should do it that way. You should do it whatever way. But yeah, social media. Now you get it 24 seven from everybody that has curated their reels. Yeah. I mean, I just took that and I starting a blog and did that for a long time. And it was kind of at the beginning of what blogs are today. So anybody that started a blog in 2005 was kind of destined for superstardom in the blogs, you know, blog affair. And I kind of hopped on that bandwagon and I kind of dilly dallied. And then I took a course that was like, how to blog for money. And I just Mm -hmm. chased that for 10 years and made money. But you know, if you look at a thousand dollars a month and then 40 hours a week, you're like, okay, so I'm working for a dollar an hour. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) this Mm -hmm. is not working out. And I learned a lot of lessons through that and just changed a lot of things going where I'm at now. So let's stay with that a second, because again, side hustle that that you want to obviously parlay into more to fit in the nooks and crannies. Yes. You'll, I, I heard you say that you were doing it full-time hours in between. And I don't know if they were, you know, your eight to fives or are you just you know, fitting it in the family schedule? But when you realize like, here's my time, let's break it down. Then how do you make that next step to get a little more projection to be like, no, no, people, listen, there's money out there. So where's the shift? So for me, there's just a couple red flags and then a final nail in the coffin. And it was really a cutting off of that branch. And Mm -hmm. I had to make a a hard left turn or a Mm -hmm. hard right turn, whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it. And I was blogging and I just felt this sense of I'm not getting to where I want to be. Like I'm working all these hours and I'm not getting a lot of income for all this work I'm doing. And Mm -hmm. I'm trying my best to, you know, be a very present mother and happy and joyful and really internalizing a lot of the pain that was disappointment. Mm -hmm. And so when I got an opportunity to work for a very high end journalist agency in New York, they four interviews, they flew me up. And right before Thanksgiving in 2019, I got the call you don't have, you're not getting the job. But when I was there, I was like, these are my people. This is my tribe. This is what I was created to do. So when I got that call, I was devastated. And I was just like, this is obviously a sign. Mm. I am in the wrong place. These are not my people. It was not my monkeys, not my circus. And I was trying Mm -hmm. really hard. And you really thought they were. Yeah. And I actually kind of had this moment today where I was 
you know, when you're doing a puzzle, you can have that piece that you're like, I, I swear this piece fits here. And, it, I, keep, and it's like, it's I'm going to make it fit. Yeah. I'm going to make it, yeah. and it kind of does, but there's just something yeah. off. And I, and I think yeah. that's what it was. It was like almost there, but not quite. And so it wasn't until I completely shut everything down. And I mean, I took my blog down. I took all my titles off of Amazon down. I cut all social media off and I just went into hiding and did a, now what I realized was maybe active recovery. You know, like when you, you do hit training, you like work out, work out really hard, and then you do an active recovery, and then you're able to go on to the next part. And it's, you know, how our bodies are actually best operating is when we, you know, work, 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 and then stop, stop, stop. But I needed that. And luckily, it happened right as the pandemic hit. And what happened was nothing short of a miracle. We had come back from Hawaii, we had a lot of debt, and I was really upset because we had worked so hard to get out of debt, you know, with the Mm -hmm. family of nine people, we, you know, Mm -hmm. we struggled financially for quite a bit of time and just started picking up stuff on the side of the road and cleaning it up, selling it on Facebook marketplace, doing contactless pickup, taking, you know, Venmo was starting to Mm -hmm. really take off then. And Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. people would put cash underneath my doormat and Mm -hmm. I paid up the debt within six months. I started paying or I paid in cash at pop-up camper so we could take cheaper vacations as a family because we had never gone on a vacation before Hawaii. So it was like our big, mm-hmm. our big right. hurrah. But I grew up really rich. I didn't know I was really rich, but now I know like, oh, we were really, really well. I was going to, I, I was going to say like, what's the relationship with money? Because you have an unusual backstory. Usually it's the opposite of, I knew what I didn't want and it was a struggle and it was this and it was that. So therefore, this is how I got here. And as kids, we don't know what we have, you know, that whole comparison thing, because you run in the same circles. Right. It What's even more so is you don't think about how your parents responded to the money they had. So my dad, he was the son of two fully deaf parents. So his mother died when he was eight. So he grew up, his father was a house painter, and he would be continually thought as dumb. And he Mm -hmm. spent a lot of time watching his father being totally scammed by people who Mm -hmm. thought that he was also dumb just because he was deaf. And so the way he grew up and viewed money was so not the correct way. And so when he talked about money, it was very like still scarcity mentality, even though he was very, very wealthy. And so as a child, I Mm -hmm. thought, I mean, I vividly remember him saying like, I don't know if we're going to have Christmas presents. And, and maybe he didn't say it that way, but that's how I mm-hmm. remember it. But that's how you and received I, it, right? And I thought, oh, oh my gosh, we're not going to... And he meant we're not going to have the abundance of Christmas presents that we normally have. We're just going to have 50, you know, right. or, you know right. whatever it was. Right. And I took that and it was almost until my 20s that I realized, whoa, I did not understand that he was way more wealthy than I realized. And Mm -hmm. it was just his mentality that affected me. And so when I got married, I married someone whose dad told him a horrible thing to tell a child. He told him shit in one hand and dream in the other and see which one fills up first. And so he grew up, I know, horrible, Mm. horrible. Mm. He grew up Mm. with this mantra. And, you know, my dad, on the other hand, told me, dream it and it will come bootstrap Mm -hmm. your way and you can achieve anything, American Mm -hmm. dream. And so when I came into this circumstance, which I'm so grateful now because I'm so much more gracious to people who have grown up in poverty and who are still experiencing poverty. It was a total shock to my system 
Was it something that you realized, I want to say, before you were married? Did you really talk about it? Or do you realize it kind of after you're in it? And then it's very two very different upbringings and two very different views, which becomes really hard. Yeah, I, of course, knew that he wasn't from money. But I, you know, I had I had gone to my grandfather's house and it was very modest. It all looked the same. But what Mm -hmm. didn't, I didn't realize was the mentality behind it all. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. it wasn't until we got pregnant and, you know, I fell off my dad's insurance and I was like, well, what are we going to do? We have to have the baby and got to pay for all these things. And so the answer was getting on welfare. And I am sitting in this office surrounded by people who have got like 10 kids and I'm thinking, Oh my goodness, this is not. I didn't How did I get this. here? Mm-hmm. How did, How did I, I, get I get here? here? And then, yeah, this was in 2004. And so, this is the time when WIC and food stamps were like, they were still like long pieces of paper that when you pulled them out at the grocery store, I mean, it was like everybody super obvious. Everyone mm-hmm. knew you mm-hmm. were accepting government assistance. I mean, now they have a credit card thing that you mm-hmm. scan, but even when they went to that, I was super embarrassed because it's like, it says Lone Star, like on it, it's really mm-hmm, big. Mm-hmm, and you're like, mm-hmm. here's my big giant government card as well. Like it's still, it's still very traumatizing. And so spending 18 years on welfare was probably one of the most damaging and also strangely healing places mm. that I could have gotten to, because it just made me realize that it's just a number, but it still affects you deeply. It was a kind of a weird blessing in disguise. It's so interesting that you have that takeaway because like I said earlier, you're this, you're that, you're that, you're that. And I love that. These were things that you did. They were adjectives to describe you at a time in your life, but never once was that you. Yeah. If that makes sense. It's so different. And yet people sometimes get stuck not only try it on, they sew it on their skin. It's Yeah, you know, it becomes that's... part of their identity for sure. And my sister mm-hmm. had to get on me one day because she's uh, she went to school for accounting. She's always been mm-hmm. a lot more type A and mm-hmm. her family makes enough to pay all their bills and then some. And she's always super smart with money and I'm always taking leads from her. But I was bemoaning because I was like, ah, it's so embarrassing to constantly take these government handouts, like I can't wait until God just like opens the door of heaven and like pours down millions mm-hmm. of dollars. And then also I want to help people mm-hmm. and tithe and help people feed the children. And we were trying our best, but it just wasn't what I thought was good enough. And she said, Elaine, I have never once in my life received $500 checks in the mail or a lot of cash at my back door. Or had people blessed me um, the 12 days of Christmas with secret Santa gifts where it was like mm-hmm. $50 gift certificates to the chicken place down the road. She's mm-hmm. like, I've never, ever experienced that. And she's like, I understand that you're upset, but God has decided to bless my family in this way where we get to provide for ourselves. But you're experiencing the supernatural gifts and mm-hmm. charity of people loving on you and realizing how important it is to bless you and to make sure your family is okay. And, you know, I'm over here like crying because I didn't do it myself. And it's like, just realizing that however we're provided for is, is okay. 
And it's a blessing. And there are things that I look back on and thinking, one of my kids has had eight surgeries on her ear. She's partially deaf and both Mm -hmm. of her ears. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, that would have been a lot of money to have that many surgeries. And it's like, maybe God knew that I needed that assistance and didn't want me to feel the pressure and stress of that because maybe I couldn't have handled it. And so Mm -hmm. you just never know what's going on and just being thankful for the situation you're in right now and knowing that it might change. Exactly. I'm just trying this on and this could be my jacket for this season. And then it comes off because things change and then I don't need it anymore type thing. So I'm not sure if you heard your sister the first time she said that because that was delivered so beautifully. And does she sprinkle that on you throughout time? Or is it just happens to be one day where you're in tune, you're wide open to receive it and it happens? What's the timetable there? Yeah, no, it was just one time she said it and it just hit me square in the between the eyes. Mm. And I thought, Mm -hmm. she's so right. Like, why am I not being grateful for what I have? I mean, especially just living in America, just we're so Mm -hmm. grateful. We have so much abundance that Mm -hmm. other countries don't have. We live in relative safety and have people around us that would uh, government programs or church programs that'll breathe into us and send us diapers and whatever we need and just being grateful for where you're at when you're at. So what made you the writer, but then tells me you're creative in a thousand other ways. Sometimes you have to be, and I'll say crafty. You start to see furniture, perfectly good things that you're like, wait a minute, that can be something else. You give it new life. Yes, of course. Desperation is another of all invention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing something on the side of the road and thinking, I don't, need that but it's literally the night before trash night and the possibility that someone's going to pass through and get this at midnight is very slim to none Mm -hmm. and it's going to end up in the landfill and I I could probably sell that on Facebook marketplace for 40 bucks and uh you know it was one item and I just started figuring out the trash days of other places in my area and I would go the night before trash Mm -hmm. day and I was rolling around the neighborhood. And that's when that minivan comes in handy, don't you think? I'm just well, going to say. Yeah, it actually, <laughs> it's funny you say that because I was just going to say, I actually had a 15 person, like church. Oh, oh right, 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 right. Actually, like a transport. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, I funny. actually call the serial killer van. I was rolling around the neighborhood <laughs> with the serial killer van and yeah. opening up my door, like really quick, like jumping out really quick and grabbing furniture. <laughs> I after the, I got pulled over doing this one time and the guy was like with the flashlight going, what's going on? And I'm like, I can pick up furniture. Uh, so I, I quickly went into Yeah, it was, it was that. And one of my kids was with me. Then they were like, mommy got pulled over by the police. <laughs> oh, so, that was um, too funny. I started using my husband's little Kia Sportage, which fit a lot of things, but it, I call it generic car. 5325, you know, like it was so generic. It was like any other car that was in the suburbs. So I started driving that one instead. And it actually fit quite a bit of Mm -hmm. stuff. But now, I mean, I don't pick up stuff on the side of the road anymore, but now I do have a red minivan. Uh, I then I had uh, I had the passenger van. So but uh, yeah, so I did that. And it just it became so easy. And that was one of the things that I really noticed the difference between what I'm doing now and what I was doing then. Mm-hmm. was the ease at mm. which it happened. And I don't mean it was not hard because I had to physically pick up furniture, but it was like, I would just 
happen upon like people had moved out and like you know some people when they move out or they get evicted they just everything's at the curb and I would just find those things and it was so easy and then people were just like flocking to me and of course during the pandemic when people when everything was closed and Mm -hmm. everybody was redoing Mm -hmm. their house and the Goodwills were closed. So no one was able to donate. And I'm, you know, able to really just, I mean, it just took off. And so when everybody else was experiencing financial and job insecurity, my family was the most secure it had ever been. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was just like, this is the coolest thing ever. And it just grew from there. And then eventually I switched to the vintage furniture. Mm-hmm. And then are you out of a storefront? Are you still just deal with the out of it, out of the house? And tell me a little more about it. Yeah. So I thought about having a storefront, but after the pandemic prices have just gotten astronomical. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want that type of overhead. And then also having a storefront means that I'm away from my kids. Whereas I'm working out of my studio, which is my garage that I've converted, mm-hmm. being able to do pickups from my house. I do have a storage unit now, so I'm able and but it's really close to my house. And you know, I'm then I'm not nine to five shop girl schedule, which mm-hmm. I definitely don't want. And then are any of the kids helping? So I actually just hired my 18-year-old to do, mm-hmm. um, I was going to actually hire a VA and like hire, like outsource somebody, but she's going to college to be a stenographer. And she was like, I need a couple extra hours because she nannies. Maybe could I do that? And I was like, that's perfect. Because not only can she do my email campaigns, but yep. she can also take the kids to doctor's mm-hmm. appointments and she can mm-hmm. help physically help me restore a piece of furniture, stage it so that I can sell it. Yes. Yeah, so she works. Isn't that so interesting? I think it's so important, regardless sometimes of what you do, that they actually see you working. When my girls were older, I was home at first and then I did work outside of the house. My husband worked from home and then we switched. And at the time I had a sewing business and yeah, it's, interesting for them to watch you. And then when I went back to the office, my middle daughter was working in an office that I wound up working in also. And I got to say from a parent point of view, it was so wonderful to see her in action. But I also kind of like the fact that she got to see the old battle axe here. Also, this is where you get it from my friend. So it was fun. We worked together for probably five years. It was definitely a lot of fun. And it sounds like you're definitely creating a nice little legacy. Not that that's what you set out to do. Yes, you can see how it's affected different children in different ways. Mm-hmm. And my oldest, of course, her view of working hard and money is a lot different than my, you know, my four-year-old will mm-hmm. um, grow up with. And I'm a little sad because it's like remembers when we couldn't afford anything. Mm-hmm. And so she is so much more grateful for where we are now. And I don't mean that they're entitled, but trying to instill that same value system in the younger ones is a challenge mm-hmm. in and of itself. So, And then any advice? I know it's holiday time. It's end of year. Beginning of any new year, a lot of people will come up with the ideas or just want to say, okay, now is the time. I definitely want to do my little side gig. I'm really good at. How do you go from, I'll say, starting small, starting local to the next step? Maybe you start out as the hobby and then Mm -hmm. it morphs into a business. 
Right. My biggest thing lately mm-hmm. is don't do it without a team. Like once you start growing, mm. build a team first, because I spent 10 years being a one man show and mm-hmm. that was really lonely. And it also inhibited my growth. Whenever you do see yourself growing, make sure that you start thinking of ways to delegate some tasks out. And there's the four quadrants of things you do. There's like number one, the things you're really good at, the things you love doing. Number two, the things that you love doing, but maybe aren't so great at. And then number three, the things that you're really good at, but hate doing. And then number four is the things you hate doing and suck at. Number three and number four, start thinking of how to outsource those things so that you have the margin to grow. And when you give those tasks away, don't take them back. Even if you're like, oh, well, I have time now to do these things. Let that time sit because that time you can be using to spend figuring out how other ways to generate revenue. But before that is follow the breadcrumbs. I Mm. honestly believe that there is a creator that created you on purpose for a purpose to do something in this season of your life. And he will give you specific breadcrumbs. I have spent so many hours on social media getting all squirrely in my head because there's top 10 ways to grow your social media platform and do all the things. <laughs> and I will get immediately overwhelmed. I'll get mm-hmm. depressed. I'll feel like I'm not good enough. And it's like, God has been telling me, no, I will give you specific tasks. Do this, apply for this, talk to this person. And I really believe that he grows that slowly over time with small breadcrumbs that will benefit you and grow you slow enough so you don't get overwhelmed. And so just looking for those little breadcrumbs and following those breadcrumbs slowly and steadily and not trying to do all the things all at once and getting overwhelmed. And if you find yourself not experiencing peace and joy, Mm. you're doing something wrong, pull back, rest a little bit look at the bigger picture and pivot and reassess how you're going to get to your final goal. Love, 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 love. It's in the quiet that it comes. Absolutely. Sometimes we stay in the hamster wheel and we stay with our increased screen time week after week to avoid, but Once you do find the time, the ability, or just yourself, once you find the quiet, either by accident or intentionally, it's really, really cool. Yeah. And I think one of the ways that you can test yourself to figure out if you're overwhelmed or not is how do you respond when something interrupts your schedule? Because if something interrupts your schedule and you are angry and upset and you start lashing out at people... That means that you do not have enough margin in your life to experience and live in the present moment. If somebody Mm. calls you and they are needing your immediate assistance because their child is breaking down and they need prayer or chatting or whatever it is that you you and your friends do, and you're like, I don't have time for you, then there's something that is wrong and it needs to be addressed because the people in front of you and the life that you're living in the moment is really what you have. And you want to build that strong too, because it's not just about the future. It's about the present. So well said. I love that. And especially this time of year, these three weeks of the 12th month of the year where we're striving to 
get all our checklists done. We're striving to make it perfect. And I doubt anyone, I do, but I, you know, hopefully others out there do like, oh yeah, let's go get a pedicure massage. You got it. Nothing is that important. Nothing is that important for sure. For sure. And it's like, I don't have baseboards because I decided to do my floors myself, pull all the baseboards out. And I did half the floors and I still have no baseboards. And it's embarrassing because I'm like, I don't want anybody to come over and see my baseboards, but it's like, no one cares. And if I do have friends that care, do I really <laughs> Maybe want they're not my friends? Exactly. Maybe they don't really qualify. <laughs> so it's so true. Why we like, oh, excuse the mess. Have you been to my house? I'm sorry. It's like, why would you even say such a thing? Exactly. I remember one time someone said that whenever a friend comes over, they purposefully don't clean. And all they do is make sure that the bathrooms are not disgusting mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's nothing that you can trip on. And then she makes it like invite, she like pops some popcorn. So it smells really inviting. And then that is the goal of all things. Like just to make the person that comes into your house feel at home and feel normal. And she's like, I don't want someone to come to my house and feel like they now have to go to home and achieve and attain. I want people to feel loved and accepted. That's the goal of having Mm. people over. I love that. And so many on the opposite trail of that. And, and I'm sure I was definitely, I'll say, especially like before a party or an event or something, because my kids will definitely testify to where I would be like, yeah, there's get running, God damn it. You know, we've got people coming, you know. Rah, rah, Absolutely. Yeah. And don't forget to have fun. Oh, you know, just, yeah, it's not my finest moment. And you look at, and you know, like their faces are like, I don't think I would ever want to do this if this is what it yeah. becomes. And when you start to look back at the face and I'm like, oh, okay. For what? You're stressing for this, something that's made up and hasn't happened and it's overrated. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Lower the expectations. I always say, keep the bar on the ground and then you really limit the disappointment because you can only go up from there. It's very easy. It certainly is. This has been a joy. Thank you for this little time that you've carved out. I just love the inspiration. God bless you, A, and the fact that you were very good at children and you got the seven of them and the trip you've taken them on. And yet they're still going on this wonderful journey to see. It's going to be great. Yeah. Well, I am so thankful to talk to you and hopefully I shed a little bit of light on how to live life without being totally overwhelmed and disappointed in yourself. I'm sure you have. So where do you hang out? I mean, are we going to find you on social, on Facebook, on Insta? Where are you? I am most active on Instagram at Mm -hmm. Curb Vulture, which is kind of a nod to me picking up stuff on the side of the curb. And if you are looking for a podcast guest or a speaker, you can find me at ElaineMingus.com, but mostly Mm -hmm. Instagram. And then of course, all my things on my website at CurbVulture.com are for sale. I do offer nationwide shipping and um, Facebook marketplace, but you know, that's a local thing. So, Wow. Okay. So we're going to have all of that info in the show notes and check out that website and see the creations and see what's available and nationwide shipping. I do like that part because I'm like, oh, Texas, but I'm always curious as to what is out there. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. So have a very blessed holiday season. And a happy and healthy new year in 2023. You too.
All right, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, we are TikToking to the end. And in the beginning of 2023, we're going to be hitting our 100th episode, which is crazy. We're going to be on our third year. We're going to be on this wonderful, wonderful ride that you've all been with me from the beginning. And I really, really appreciate everything. Comments, keep them coming. Five-star reviews. Of course, anything less, you can hold on to that one. And then comments, always joyfoundhere.com. The merchandise should be up there by now. So we are so excited to be releasing our Joy Found Here merch. Till the next time, everybody, be well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.